change! I have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped. In the face! At no point in your rambling were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Guess you just discovered a new element! This is the element of surprise. Alright everybody, welcome to the Element of Surprise. Um, my name is Chadwick J. Seward. I'm your host as usual. Um, okay, got a lot to get to and only the rest of my life to get to it. So uh, let's jump right off the bat with something that uh, I've been wanting to talk about for about three weeks now. Um, we're in October and it's uh, National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, you know, and I, keep in mind, I support, uh, you know, finding a cure for all forms of cancer. I've, I've had family members die from cancer, and it's, it, it pisses me off. Nothing, nothing gets me uh, angrier than, you know, finding out somebody has cancer. And uh, so it's National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And, you know, you see the pink ribbons everywhere, and you got people wearing the shirt and everything like that. And I think there's something called Titty Tuesday, where people were supposed to do something about uh, tits for breast cancer or something like that. I don't know the details of it. I just think it's hilarious because it's called Titty Tuesday. But, um, you know, so I, I was thinking about it and I was, uh, you know, trying to come up with, you know, some, some ways that I could support it. And it hit me that I've got the perfect answer, the way that the element of surprise, the only way the element of surprise could support uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is Serena Williams. Serena Williams, the um, I think she's a tennis player. She decided to do her own breast cancer awareness um, thing by singing, <laughs> by by singing, doing a rendition of the Divinals song "I Touch Myself." And you know, I mean, I get the mentality of it. I get the. Uh, I get the, 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 the main goal and how on paper it looked good, you know. Touch your touch your breasts, feel if there's a lump there. If there is, go to a doctor. You know, there's li certain lyrics in the song that um, just, uh, you know, kind of, if you twist them around in like a weird, mentally irregular manner, it uh, can kind of be construed as checking yourself for breast cancer. And, you know, I mean, I, I won't explain anymore. I'll let you guys listen to it. myself I want you to love me when I feel down I want you above me I search myself I want you to find me I forget myself I want you to remind me Okay, so, 
you see what I meant then. Now, so she did the divinals that, and it's, you know, it's, it's Serena Williams sitting there. Uh, she's shirtless, and she's got her hands on her breast. She's, she's got her hands covering her breast, and she's singing, I fucking touch myself, you know? And it, it, just, it just, again, I see how on paper, I see how whenever somebody wrote this on paper, and they're like, that is a fantastic idea. You've, you've, you've got, you, you've hit the nail on the head. You've, you've, you've got it. But then in actual, uh, when you take it from the, from the uh, conception stage to the actual uh, application, you, you, just, you missed the mark. You just really missed the mark on that one. You know, you, you should have just, uh, should have just jumped in and stayed the course, but you didn't, you missed the mark entirely. So, um, that's the thing going on with Serena Williams and uh, breast cancer awareness month. I just wanted to get that out of the way right off the bat. Um, got some other stuff here. Uh, you know, I was talking recently about, uh, where Halloween is also this month. So I wanted to talk about some movies that, uh, scared me when I was a little kid. That probably shouldn't have scared me, um, you know. And then vice versa, some films that uh, should have scared me, but uh, didn't scare me at all. Um, you know, number one movie that I remember scaring the shit out of me when I was a little kid was E.T. And not because E.T. was a scary movie, but there was like a lot of shit in that film that, if you really think about it, is like way, way beyond fucked up. Like, the opening scenes, like, where he's running from the government in the dark, like, the deep, dark woods and everything, and all you see is, like, his little, I guess it's his heart glowing and everything like that, and he's running, and you don't know what he is yet. And so, to a five-year-old, or even younger, I think I was, like, three or four whenever I first seen E.T., but to a five-year-old, whenever I was actually old enough to remember it, that shit's terrifying. You just see this shadowy figure being chased through the woods and all the flashlights flashing back and forth. And then, um, you know, the scene where Elliot goes out in his backyard, which uh, he lives right next to a fucking desert out there, and they're warning him about coyotes and shit like that. So he goes outside, and he's terrified to begin with. And his backyard is just, like, dimly lit by the light of the moon and the one the one exposed light bulb on his uh, family's shed. And he hears a sound in there. And again, you know, preying on the anticipation. Uh, Spielberg went the Jaws route with that, is that you didn't see the shark till the end of the movie, so that why, that's why it was scary. He, you know, he built the anticipation. You haven't seen the E.T. yet. And uh, so Elliot tosses the, uh, the, the the baseball in there. And then something, I mean, it, you, t- you find out later it's E.T., but if, uh, you, you know, the first time you've seen this movie and you're five, something throws the ball back and makes, like, grunting sounds. So, again, terrifying as hell. And then uh, there's the scene where e- the E.T. is in the room and it's hiding out in, like, in the closet amongst all these stuffed animals and shit. You know, it's like, what's it going to do? Like, if, it, if that were any other movie, that would be a terrifying fucking movie. So you, to a five-year-old, that shit's scary as hell. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be scary. It's one of the most beloved films of all time. But it's terrifying to a five-year-old. At least it was to me. Um, another movie that scared me whenever I was a kid but probably shouldn't have was um, <coughs> was the movie Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. And I want you to take a moment to think about that. Jumpin' Jack Flash was not a movie, A, that probably a five- or six-year-old should have been watching, but it was the 80s. We all watched movies like that back then. It wasn't the way things are now. Um, so Jumpin' Jack Flash, there's a scene where she's got this blue sequin dress on, and part of the dress gets caught in a uh, paper shredder, and it's sucking her dress in. And, you know, she's just tugging on the dress trying to get out. And they have this music playing that's kind of like, you know, suspenseful. But I, I was like, 
I, again, probably around four or five years old whenever I first seen that. And to me, that was absolutely terrifying. I didn't know what that what a paper shredder was. I didn't know why it was attached to the, some 80 mo, 80s, uh, you know, m mogul's uh, rich person's desk. Um, but it was fucking scary as shit. You know, what the fuck's going on? Is this thing trying to eat her? Is that guy's desk going to eat this lady? I don't know. I'm five. So that was terrifying to me when I was a kid. Um, another movie that terrified me whenever I was a kid was... Uh, well, I mean, Stephen King's It, that the the original one with Tim Curry, but that's you know that was supposed to, so that doesn't really count. But uh, vice versa, there are movies that should have scared me when I was a kid, but didn't. Like uh, I remember watching the 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 original Child's Play, which you know a lot of the same kind of shots and stuff from E.T. You know, you don't know if it's the if it's the kid Andy Barkley or if it's uh, the doll Chucky doing the murdering at first. Um, and then you find out it's Chucky, of course, who, you know, Chucky, 80s horror icon. If you don't know who Chucky is, go fuck yourself in the face with a with a uh, big red dick. Um, or go wash your face, actually. Take a hot washcloth and just wash your face. But, uh, you know, you find out it's Chucky. But, uh, you know, at the time, a lot of the same shots of, with the E.T. stuff that was scaring me with, with E.T. didn't scare me with uh, Child's Play. You know, and it probably should have, you know, and he hammers a person in the face. He takes a hammer and hammers a lady in the face and she falls out a window to her death. And, um, you know, the, he, he's a he's a fucking creepy ass doll and he breaks the voodoo guy's arms on the voodoo doll and it kills the guy. That should have been terrifying to a five year old. Wasn't. I loved it. I ate every moment of it up. I went out the next day and I wanted to get one of those fucking my buddy dolls. And I uh, tried to remember how to do the voodoo chant because I was going to be Chucky. So I guess that says a lot about me. At five years old, I'm trying to do voodoo soul-switching chants on a doll. Um, another movie that probably should have scared me when I was uh, young but didn't was the Nightmare on Elm Street films. The first one did a little bit. The first one did a little bit. I remember that because it was uh, creep way creepier than the other ones. But I thought Freddy was funny as hell. I liked it. You know, he had a cool hand. I didn't know it was a glove when I was a kid. I just knew he had a cool hand. He had finger, finger, uh, finger knives. And uh, he said funny shit, you know, he wore sunglasses in one scene, he'd made the, the claw hand look like the Jaws shark, add another thing. And they had really cool effects on bringing him back to life in the fourth movie, where all his bones come together and stuff, and I remember that shit sticking with me. So, I mean, maybe that should have scared the fuck out of me as a kid, but guess what? Guess what it didn't do? Scare me. Um, some of the Jason movies scared me, some of them didn't. I remember Friday the 13th Part 7 being uh, really ingrained in my mind, but mainly for it scaring my Aunt Lori, who, uh, she hates Jason. She fucking hates that. You go, ch 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 at her, and she tells you to shut the fuck up. Uh, as a kid, she didn't say shut the fuck up. She'd just be like, shut up, don't do that. But now, as a full-grown adult, if you do that to her, she says, she goes, oh, you're an asshole, shut the fuck up. Which, keeping in mind, knowing me, I do it to her as often as I possibly can, pretty much every time I see her. Christmas Eve. Hey, Merry Christmas to all and to all. Good night. Hey, Aunt Lori. Oh, Chad, you're a prick. That's kind of the conversation. That's how it goes. But um, Leprechaun. Leprechaun didn't scare me as a kid. Leprechaun scares me more as an adult than it did as a kid. And I think part of it was because it was a midget. You know, I mean, I knew it was a leprechaun. And it was Warwick Davis, but uh, he's a little person. He's a midget. And uh, there's just something that's non-threatening about a midget. I don't care if it's supposed to be a creepy-ass leprechaun. Or uh, there was a movie with Donald Sutherland uh, with a, the killer was a midget in a red cloak and everything. But, I, I, you know, I don't care how... Or, or Deep Roy. Deep Roy is one of the creepiest midgets I've ever seen in my life. But, uh, you know, midget. Non-threatening. You know, I mean, worst case scenario, he, 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 he gets me. And at which case I die knowing that I was killed by a midget. So I kind of die happy in a sense. 
Best case scenario, he comes running at me, the midget comes running at me with his little knife or his leprechaun uh, fingers or his pot of gold or what have you, and I just kick him, and he gets the fuck out of the way anyway. So that's, you know, leprechaun didn't really scare me. It scares me more as an adult. Um, one of my favorite things to do is my son. I made my son watch the first leprechaun because um, I'm a parent who grew up in the 80s when that shit was normal. <clears throat> Don't fucking judge me. Go wash your face. Um, so I, he watched the first Leprechaun. He said it didn't really scare him. He just didn't like the Leprechaun. So what? one of my favorite things to do is we'll be walking around a store, uh, Walmart, uh, Target, where have you, and we'll come across the Leprechaun movie on DVD. And I'll go, hey, son, look, it's that Leprechaun. He's like, Dad, shut up. And I'll tell him, I'll be like, look at you. You're about that same height. Are you a Leprechaun? He's like, no. I'm like, do you like the color gold? He's like, I do like gold. I'm like, what's your favorite color? He'll say green. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a fucking leprechaun. And he gets all pissed off at me. So I, I like teasing my son and telling him that he's the fucking leprechaun. Um, and he hates it. He hates it. And uh, one of these days when he's a full-grown adult and uh, I wake up in the middle of the night to him standing there with a fucking St. Patrick's Day hat on, stabbing me with a, with a sharpened uh, shillelagh. Shillelagh, he's sharpened to a dagger. I'll know why that's my death, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I brought that upon myself. I'll probably deserve it. Um, okay. Uh, the fly. The fly, uh, of course, you... How many times am I going to talk about the fly on this show? Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll answer that for you right now. Infinitely. Infinite times I'm going to talk about Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. But uh, the fly probably should have scared me when I was a kid. Didn't scare me. The only part that, of that movie that really freaked me out was um, whenever at the end of the movie, and he's already the full Brundlefly thing, and he's breaking out of the telepod, and it m teleports him midway through, and he gets fused with the telepod thing, and his legs are all like cables and shit. And I think it was just it was like, oh, man, that's fucked up. Like, it didn't scare me in the sense of like, oh, I'm terrified. It scared me in the sense of like, that's fucked up. I don't want that to happen to me. So uh, if you're out there, Jeff Goldblum, and you're creating real telepods, keep them away from me. But also know that you're always welcome in my home, and I want you on this podcast uh, as my permanent co-host, if not at least once in my life. <coughs> Excuse me, getting over a cold. But um, yeah, the, the fly should have scared me, didn't scare me. Um, no, no, you know what movie is uh, absolutely terrifying? to this day with me is, uh, and I've talked about this multiple times, The Thing, John Carpenter's remake of The Thing. And uh, I still wonder almost on a daily basis, even with my anxiety medicine that helps me balance out my irrational fears and bizarre thoughts. Um, not very well with the bizarre thoughts, but it does with the fears. But uh, I wonder on a daily basis. And, you know, I, meet, I work with the public. I meet public people every day. Or I'll leave home, and then I'll come home and see my family. I'll leave them in the morning, and then I come home, and I'm like, are they things now? Did they get transformed into things? Were they taken over and absorbed by things and then made into perfect thing re uh, copies, uh, replications of themselves But in the time that I was absent from them? So are they things now? So I don't know. But, uh, you know, I still think it daily. It doesn't uh, freak me out anymore. Like, I don't keep, like, everybody at arm's length. I now just keep them at maybe, maybe like, you know, like a... Like a about a foot, foot away. Um, but, uh, you know, so I still worry about people being things. And I guess maybe I shouldn't because that's kind of irrational. But also, you don't fucking know. I'm smart enough to know that I don't know. So, you know, you could all be things. And I don't know it. If you are a thing, though, I'd like to, find, I'd like to interview you on this podcast and find out exactly what makes you tick. 
what makes you a thing? And uh, you know, maybe as a maybe as a uh, as a like a consolation prize for being a thing that I in- interview on my podcast, I'll let you like absorb like a random squirrel outside, and you can have like a replicant uh, thing squirrel running around out in the woods. That would be kind of fucked up, but I I, I dig it. Um, okay, so I I do have some more stuff that I I wanted to check out. That's kind of not Halloween based. I was um. Now keep in mind, I, before I get into this, I don't know the validity of these things. I don't know if they're real or not, but I do wish they were real. Um, if they are real, that's even makes it even better. But uh, I was just doing some research online for just some weird shit. And uh, I found the man who claims he can chop anything, like karate chop it. And he said he'll chop anything. You know, bring him something and he will karate chop anything that you bring to him. Uh, you can check out his webpage at www.whatichoppedalloneword.com and he says on there, he's like, bring me anything. I will chop it. Wood. Tire. Strong wood. And like, you know, like, isn't wood strong enough at the first point? Is he talking about balsa wood? Why does he have two separate types of wood? He doesn't reference steel on there, though, and I realized he probably should reference steel if he's going to say that he could chop anything. Maybe he can chop a, uh, I'd like to bring him like a, like a small automobile and see if he can chop that. Like maybe bring him like a, uh, like a, like a old Dodge Dart and just have him chop the dart in half. Or, uh, you know, like a, um, like I, I want to find this guy. I want to see if he's legit and I want to bring him things to chop and just random things like whiteboard, chop, um, cat scratching post, chop, human baby, chop, you know, and just see him chop things. Um, again, you can go to www.whatichopped.com. That's all one word, what I chopped, and uh, check it out. Check it out. He's also offering a $400 reward for bringing him something he cannot chop. So if you bring him something and he chops it, and it doesn't chop in half by his by his uh, karate chopping hand strength, he gives you $400. So I, I like that concept. I want to bring him all the things in the world that I can find and be like, chop this. Chop this uh, chop this thing of ice breakers, ice cubes, chewing gum. Uh, chop this pencil sharpener. Chop this uh, window air conditioner. Chop this, uh, chop this cat. Chop this water bottle. Chop this pumpkin. You know, just have him just chop things. And whenever he can't chop something in one chop, then uh, he gives me $400. And I'll do this to him daily. I, it's a get-rich-quick scheme, but it, it, it might work. Another thing I found online is uh, there's a www.claimthisbird.net, all one word, claimthisbird.net, and it's a lady advertising a pigeon that she found as a lost bird. Again, I don't know if this is real or just something they, they did to fuck around. I hope it's real because uh, she said they found a bird, and it's, it's annoying. They want to know whose it is. It doesn't respond to any name, and I'm quoting here. It doesn't respond to any name that she yelled at it, and it terrorizes her daughter. So um, she brought a pigeon in the house, basically. It starts yelling names at it, and it starts flying around the house terrorizing her daughter. Probably not real. Should be real. Completely got to find out about this bird. I want to claim that the bird's mine, and then whenever I get there, I show up, and she'll be like, hey, it's about time you got this bird. And then it'll be like, oh, shit, that's not my bird, and then leave and just watch her get pissed off again. Like, I just think that would be the bee's knees, man. That would just be uh, that would just be all the butterscotch in Spain. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about here, uh, again, I've been doing, b- being sick, you don't really have, whenever you have, a like, a head cold, you don't really have... Uh, 
much time to do other anything but sit around and like you know Google shit on your phone or on the internet and stuff. And I, I, I was googling like you know stuff about parenting and like you know my kid's gonna be seven. He's gonna be seven in less than a month. <clears throat> it's amazing. It's amazing to me that seven years of life have passed, and I've got to watch him grow from a toddler into like a seven-year-old boy but then I think back like man he's so big and you know you get nostalgic I, to any other parents out there you'll know what I'm talking about you get nostalgic and you're like man I remember whenever he was a baby and I remember when he did this took his first steps first time he had a bottle for himself and uh but then you know there's a lot of stuff that we don't think about like um you know like you know all the dirty diapers people just say like parents go oh I'm I, I don't miss all the dirty diapers but really think about all the dirty diapers in the fact that, like, children, like babies, toddlers, and infants, they have absolutely no shame whatsoever. Like, as a full-grown 35-year-old adult man, if I went out in public, if I went out in public and just, like, shit myself and puked a little bit, you know, I'd kind of feel uh, kind of embarrassed that I did that, you know? People would look at me and be like, what the fuck, man? Did you just shit yourself? And, they, you know, I'd get, there'd be shaming for it. And I'd feel ashamed that I did it. But a baby, a baby shits itself in public all the fucking time, stinks up the air, destroys, uh, you know, your nasal passages, <coughs> excuse me, you know, and you just got to deal with that, you know, and as adults, like, you know, you could be in line behind the lady holding the, the, the baby that's covered in shit because it shit itself, it, you know, it's got shit sticking up and down its back and everything, and the, the air is just permeated with just nasty baby shit smells. And, you know, and you don't say anything you just, because, oh, it's a baby. It's accepted. It's just, it's just an accepted fact of life is that babies are going to shit themselves in public. But, you know, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe we should start teaching these babies to have a little bit of uh, fucking self-control and take a little bit of, uh, you know, pride in themselves. They should be ashamed for, you know, shitting themselves in public. Because, again, if I can't do it, nobody should be able to do it. Like, I don't care who you are. I, like, you shouldn't go out in public and shit yourself. I don't care if you're a, 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 a week old, a day old, or 89 years old. 89 years old. You shouldn't be able to just go outside and just shit yourself and, like, throw up a little bit on, your, on somebody's shoulder and get away with it. Because, again, if I did this, I'd be arrested, somebody, especially if I threw up on somebody's shoulder. They'd be fucking, like, I'd probably get punched in the face. They, don't, they wouldn't even know why I threw up. I could be dying of, like, you know, like... Uh, what's that monkey disease that uh, they did that in that movie with Dustin Hoffman? Where, yeah, Ebola or something like that. I could be, I could have Ebola and be like puking, like literally puking my inside, liquefied uh, insides out. And you know, but if I, but some of it hits, lands on your shoulder, you're gonna punch me in the mouth. But a baby, you hold a baby, and it just bleh, right on your shoulder, right on your shoulder, up, right down your chest, right down your back. You know, you're wearing the clothes you gotta wear to work, but uh, oh, just wipe it off. It's okay. Uh, nobody says anything. These babies should feel fucking ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed and, you know, they just expect, even worse than that, they just expect somebody to clean it up. They just expect somebody to clean it up because they don't care. They don't just give a shit. They just don't care if they're in public and covered in food and waste. They just don't give a shit. And uh, the thing that babies need to understand is that they totally depend on others for their own survival. But they cry, shout, kick, hit, bite, and more if their needs aren't addressed immediately. So, uh, you know, maybe these shit-covered babies should learn a little bit of self-control and a little bit of uh, self-respect. Maybe they should learn a little, sh a little humility and uh, a little bit of shame. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, you know.
because children have no shame at all. And like even my seven-year-old, and I'm gonna just start calling him my seven-year-old because you know three weeks are gonna go by like that. But uh, you know, even my seven-year-old, he's got very little shame. You know, he's old enough to know better in most aspects. Like he doesn't go out in public and shit himself and puke anymore. But you know, he'll still go out and like if he sees something he wants, he'll stand there and go, "I want that." I want that now. Why I not can have that? Why can I not have that? And, uh, you know, it's no shame. Like, again, as a full-grown adult, I don't stand there in front of somebody, like, you know, at the checkout line and be like, oh, you have that thing. Oh, that's the last one on the shelf. I, I got it. I want that! And I don't, like, pull it off them, you know what I mean? Unless it's Black Friday, in which case, you know, I, Black Friday, anything goes, I think. Black Friday is the closest thing in America we actually have to the purge, right now, anyway. And, uh, you know, it's all to uh, fulfill our consumer-based needs, or uh, greeds, I should say, our consumer-based greeds. But, um, you know, Black Friday is a close thing to the purge. But uh, aside from Black Friday, I don't do that. But my seven-year-old, he'll do that, and he'll, you know, throw a fit if he doesn't get what he wants. <coughs> but he's slowly learning to have some humility and everything like that. And I just think maybe we should start instilling this in children from, like, you know, the age of, like, four days old onward. You know, like the first time, like I, the first three days when you're in the hospital, all's all. You know, I th I'd say all, all everything goes. Babies can shit himself. They can puke whatever they want. That's fine. As soon as you get the baby home, as soon as you leave the hospital and you get that baby home, that baby needs to learn to fucking control its bowels, keep its food down, and fend for itself. You know, and if it doesn't. If that baby shits itself, you should be like, what a piece of shit you are. And put like, you know how people take those like pets and they put like a like a sign that says, um, you know, and they do like pet shaming. Do the same thing with an infant, you know. Just like a, like a sign that just says, I just shit myself and take a picture of it and post it on social media for the world to, t to look at. And mock this child for that. So that way it grows up knowing not to do that. You know, and maybe, maybe I'm just skewed. Maybe I'm a fucked up individual. But I never claim not to be. I never claim not to be. And if you or anybody else tries to tell me how to live my life or do parenting, I'm going to tell you, take a hot washcloth, and what am I going to say? Wash your face. Wash your face. Okay. So, um, I, last episode, uh, my, in uh, the last episode I recorded, my bread and that's my bread and truffle butter, um, I talked a little bit about a co-worker of mine, the 6'5", uh, the possibly albino, um, Louis Anderson guy. And uh, I told you about things he said, questions he'll ask uh, that have no fucking possible answer. Uh, you know, how he talks more about, he knows more about fucking restaurant uh, foods and uh, menus than he does about what fucking day of the week it is and about his fucking filthy ass car that he may very well be living in. I don't know for a fact, but it looks like he's like he's living in there. Um, so he, I, I spent some more time with him and uh, here's some more things in what I'm now going to call the co-worker chronicles. So I was working with him about two weeks ago and uh, it's, we're getting to be the end of the night. We're on the closing shift. We're getting ready to close up the store. There's no customers in the store. It's just he and I blissful silence for, for or had been going on for a while. And I say blissful silence because that means I didn't have to listen to his fucking nonsense. So I'm sitting there working, getting ready to close up the store in blissful silence. And he turns to me and he goes, huh? Hey, Chad. I go, yeah, what's up? He goes, you know what's really dangerous? I go, no, what's, what's really dangerous? Why don't you fill me in? He goes, blood clots. Yeah, blood clots. Really fucking dangerous. No shit. Blood clots. So, uh, you know, I asked him, I say, what, what 
you're, you're right. Blood clots are very dangerous. What brings that up? Oh, I was just sitting here thinking about blood clots. Okay, good. Now, again, I want to say, first and foremost, you just heard me go on a rant about shaming infants. I'm not right in my head. I am mentally fucking irregular. But this guy spent 30 minutes sitting there thinking about blood clots. Is he concerned that he might have a blood clot? Is he concerned that sitting too long will give him a blood clot? Does he know somebody that suffered a blood clot and lost an appendage or something? Or maybe had a small aneurysm and, like, you know, lost feeling in parts of their face? I don't know, because he didn't elaborate on it. He never elaborated on it. He just said, you know what's dangerous? Oh, no, what's that? Fill me in. Blood clots. Oh, good. Yep, blood clots. Good good for you. Uh, He also has informed me uh, in the weeks since my last recording when I worked him that uh, you should never go to Ohio the state of Ohio. Never go to the state of Ohio per, uh, per 6-5, possibly albino Louis Anderson. Here are his reasons why. The cops are all part of the Illuminati. Now, I'm not doubting that. I don't doubt that in the least. As a matter of fact, I believe him. I believe that there is an Illuminati and a shadow government going on and things are not what they seem and definitely nothing is what like what you hear on the news. But uh, I'm not here to be a truthing channel that talks about the Illuminati. I'm here to be a mentally irregular podcast, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I believe in that, but he says, because of the cops and the Illuminati, never go to Ohio. Another reason you never go to Ohio, per him, lesbians. Lesbians are a reason not to go to Ohio. Keeping in mind, there are lesbians everywhere. Lesbians are all over the goddamn world, but specifically stay away from those, those, those nasty Ohio lesbians. Those are the ones you want to avoid. Because he says, and I quote, lesbians are a democratic scam. He says they're a, a, a democratic scam created by the Illuminati to break up husband and wife couples. Now, keeping in mind, he didn't bring up gay men. He didn't bring up homosexual men at all. Just lesbians. Homosexual men, that's a natural thing. That's fine. That's 100% natural per his fucked up mind. But lesbians, specifically lesbians from Ohio, are an Illuminati-created scam to break up uh, happy marriages. So if you live in Ohio and you're married, watch out for your wife because she might be one of those Illuminati uh, lesbians with blood clots or some fucked up thing that, uh, you know, only he knows. Um... Another question he asked recently, and this is again one of his unanswerable questions, but uh, he asked me, and this was just the other day, this was just this past Sunday, or uh, Saturday rather, he goes, huh, he gets into work, okay, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. He gets into work, and he sits down, and everybody's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, I'm good, how are you guys today? And nonsense and bullshit. But, um, so he sits down and, you know, we're, we just, there's a comfortable silence because we all work together and, you know, we just did our greetings and stuff like that and we're getting ready to begin our day. And, uh, he just goes, huh. And every time he sighs, I, I kind of know that's like the instigator. That's like the first sign of trouble. He sighs, you know, some sort of nonsensical bullshit is going to be coming. And, uh, he looks dead at our, my boss, uh, who... I'm not going to use my boss's real name here. He, uh, so we'll just call him, um, we'll just call him Jerry. He looks at my boss and goes, oh, oh, Jerry, you, uh, you seen that commercial there? What's that all about? 
That was the whole fucking question. Have you seen that commercial there? What's that all about? What commercial? He literally has left that open-ended enough that he could be talking about any commercial ever made in the history of television commercials. Have you seen that commercial there? What's that all about? Oh, well, you know what? Now that you mention it, I have seen that commercial, and to my understanding, it was about something. So, that's, that's the appropriate answer, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's the shit that I, I deal with at work again. And I've been keeping uh, kind of a little bit more detailed notes lately. I'll get into those uh, further into further episodes. But uh, I think this is going to be a, a, an episode segment so long as I work with him. It's just going to be called the Coworker Chronicles. And I'm just going to fill you in on uh, 6'5", possibly albino, Louis Anderson and his comings and goings and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, oh, recent update in Delmont. Delmont update. Um, you've heard me talk about uh, my, my beloved neighbor, Slipknot Mudvayne. He was the one that would uh, start grilling and smoking meats at 1.30 in the morning. And for some reason, he had a tent out front, out front of his house in the summertime. Uh, like, he didn't live there. Like, maybe he just, you know, maybe it was too hot in his apartment, so he moved outside, like, two feet out of his front door into a tent. And I'm, I'm serious, whenever I told this story originally, I didn't elaborate on how close the tent was to his, uh, to his front door. You could open the front door and step out of the house into the tent. Like, if the tent door was open, you could step out of it into the tent, and you just duck down into the tent. So, but he's moved. He moved. I was at work the other day, and I get, a, uh, a, I get an alarming text from my fiance, and it's all capital letters, and she goes, oh my god, and I text her back immediately, because I think something's wrong, <coughs> and I say, what's up, what's the matter, are you okay, is Anakin okay, she goes, I think Slipknot Mudvayne is moving, so clearly she was very concerned by this, as, you know, I understand, I understand that I would be shocked and concerned by it too, but I'm starting to think that maybe there was a little thing, something going on between them, which I'm completely cool with, for the record. I would be cool with that. Just, you know, take photographs or a video of it, send it to me. Um, you know, if I'm here and the kid's not, I want to be involved. But, uh, you know, that's neither hither nor thither. But anyway, she was very concerned about Slipknot Mudvayne moving. I said, I, I replied, I'm like, no, he isn't. She got back, yes, he is. I think so. There's a U-Haul out there. And I knew right then that, it was, that he was moving. And I'm wondering, did he go back to New York with uh, his co-roommate? who I've affectionately called New York because of his license plate. So, But he's gone now. Slipknot Mudvayne is no longer in this area of Delmont. He no longer is uh, living across the window from my kitchen. So I don't know what's going on with him. So unfortunately, i got to end the stories of Slipknot, Slipknot Mudvayne there. But I can tell you one more story uh, of a day that I encountered him personally. <coughs> so I had ordered, um, as I said in the last episode... We got a new cat. We got a brand new cat. It's a Persian cat. It's a much younger cat than this cat is. So this, so this cat, old, uh, lethargic, shaped like Jabba the Hutt, or maybe like a loaf of sourdough bread that should have like a spinach dip in it. A female cat, new cat, Persian, uh, smashed in face, two two years old, two and a half years old, um, male, has balls. They jingle, they jaggle when he walks, and we make fun of it, but. Uh, um, very fluffy, but the new cat, who we've named Barnaby, so, uh, or Barnabas, um, Barnabas is a, uh, he's a playful cat. He loves catnip, it makes him go crazy, but he's also what I call a laser cat. And not laser cat as in you can cock him and shoot lasers out of his eyes at your enemies, like, uh, like on SNL, but as in, like, traditionally, you know, cats will chase that laser pointer. 
we got him a new laser pointer for him to chase. He loves bubbles and laser pointers and stuff like that. And he goes, he goes cat shit, bat shit crazy, cat shit crazy over these things. But, um, so we got a new, we ordered a brand new laser pointer, like one of those really good ones with a USB charger and everything like that. And it was supposed to arrive and I'm, I'm tracking it through the, uh, email, through my email. And it said that it was delivered and it was not delivered. So I start going across knocking on people's doors. I call actually, no, I actually called UPS first. I called UPS first. Right. And, uh, they said, oh, it was delivered to apartment number six. And I'm like, we're not apartment number six. We're apartment number nine. And so they dropped it off at number six. So I go over to number six's house. Number six was Saki, or the or the neighbor I call sexy, and I know it because he looks kind of like a white version of the lead singer from uh, LMFAO. And he wears clothes that kind of look like the lead singer of LMFAO. So, um, you know, Saki, sexy, and I know it's there. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I got that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, I thought it was for next door. So I took it next door. Next door is Slipknot Mudvayne's house. So I kind of get excited. I'm like, I get to knock on this guy's door, and I get to speak to him. So I walk over to the door, and I'm puffing out my little chest, and I'm confident, and I'm happy, and I'm grinning ear to ear. Big old fucking dumbass, toothless grin. And I go up, and I'm... And there's nothing. And he's got a note on the door. He had a note uh, taped to the door, written in like crayon and uh it said and i quote if you smell like booze don't bother knocking so i quickly smell myself i don't smell like booze so good i can knock again knock knock no answer i stand there for a minute i turn around i start looking around well maybe he's not home maybe he's out wandering around delmont doing whatever it is that slipknot mudvane does during the day you know and and then suddenly the door opens. And he comes to the door wearing, I'm pretty sure, nothing but a pair of basketball shorts. And keeping in mind, those of you that know me, I am not a large person. I am a skinny, thin person. This guy is fucking emaciated. He's taller than me. He's like 6'1". But he's fucking emaciated thin. Like, scary thin. And I say, hey, um... I was just talking to, and then I remembered I didn't, I couldn't call them by their nicknames because they didn't know that I have these nicknames for them. I'm like, I was just talking to our neighbor there uh, because he wouldn't know who the fuck I'm talking about if I say Saki or Sexy and I know it. And he, you know, he might tell him that I call him that. I don't want him to know that. That's, that takes all the fun out of it. So um, I'm like, I was just talking to our neighbor there. And he said uh, he thought he dropped off a package over here. It was actually for me, but he thought it was for you guys. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Hold on one second. He closes the door. Another minute passes. I'm waiting there. I'm like, what is he doing? Is he escaping out a back window or something? Is he going to bring me my gift? Is he going to bring me my package I ordered? And then he comes out and he's added more to his attire. And by more, I mean a pair of Crocs and an open unzipped hoodie. That was very important for him to put on in 85 degree weather. And we go out to New York's car. And it is in the back seat of New York's car. And I'm like, why did he put it in the back? He goes, I have a friend named Joe, who I also know. Joe used to live in one of the apartments over there. He's like, I have a friend named Joe, and my middle name being Joseph. He saw it was to Chadwick Joseph Suet. He goes, I thought it might have been for him. I go, nope, that's me. And he gives it to me, and we got the laser pointer. But I actually got to confront and speak and spend a moment with Slipknot Mudvayne before he left. And, uh, you know, it's something I'm going to cherish, and it's something I'm going to hold dear to my heart. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to see who, uh, whoever's going to be next. Because every time we got a new neighbor, there's always been something about them. You know, like we have the elites, 
that uh, they, you know, again, their apartment is five fifty a month, covers all utilities. It's basically an efficiency. But they sit there with their door open watching TV, and you look inside, and the shit inside their house is fucking expensive. And I don't mean like, like, oh, they paid a few hundred dollars for that. I'm like, no, they got like a four thousand dollar curved, like seventy inch curved TV with like a leather like reclining couch and shit like that neon lights and shit like that they've got like full surround sound in this little fucking place and everything it's like oh okay they they did it smart they rent the they rent the shit place so that way they can fill it with all of their uh, earthly needs or, or earthly or again all their earthly desires and earthly greeds but um you know they did it smart so we call them the elites because everything they have is way more than anything else anybody else can afford around here and they hide out in there they like, they don't associate with anybody except for their own friends who come over like once a week with 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 a uh, case of beer and they park their cars kind of like in a little fortress and they sit inside that fortress you don't come outside the fortress because that's where the danger is that's where the danger is sit inside the fortress with your two cases of beer and drink your beer and that's what they do and then uh you know of course next door to them we have girlman who was a uh female uh neighbor of ours who you couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl so just girlman became the name and uh you know then of course we have saw dr smooch uh, doctor, do, old Doctor Smooch, and then we have, uh, then we have, um, you know, now officially call him Adam Boots, but uh, and then we have Adam Boots. So I'm looking forward to see who comes to replace us. How can we make them a part of our daily lives? So I'm really looking forward to that. But in, you know, to you, Slipknot Mudvayne, best wishes, and I, I, I wish you uh, Godspeed in your journeys. So, okay. All that being said, I think. I think that could about do it today for this episode. Um, we'll get more into stuff. Um, again, I had a poll up on the Facebook page. Uh, you can find our Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash EOS, EOS Mentally Irregular. Um, and I had a poll up there as well as on the EOS group about a new segment to bring to the show. What would you rather uh, have be part of the as I did with Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj or an old segment that we used to do uh, in a surprise the worst human of the week or the worst human um, and the votes so far are for the worst human but there's still a few days left to vote get your vote in make your vote count because unlike the United States elections votes on the uh, element of surprise actually mean something so make your vote count from in, in, in every episode from here on out um, also, while you're at it, visit the Facebook page, like the page, give us a review, and uh, let us know what you think about it. Join the EOS group. Um, other podcasts to check out. If you like this podcast, you might McCormick, good old Grimace himself, EOS original. Uh, Grimace and Tiffany Moore, host, for said that they wanted something uh, like, you know, like a soundbite for, um, you know, secrets or something like that. So, Grim, Tiff. Here's the soundbite. I'm doing it for you now, and I hope, I hope of all the secrets, secrets. Ooh, that's a good. You guys, check out 4 a.m. knows all uh, knows all my secrets, hosted by Ryan McCormick and uh, Tiffany Moore. And you can also check out Tiffany Moore's podcast, More Than You Can Chew, and all three of those are available to hear on Libsyn.com. Um, also, Ian, Paul, and Matt from McSauce are still doing the McSauce comic book podcast. You can check that out on Podomatic. Dot com, and I believe they also do some stuff for YouTube as well, so check it out on YouTube and Podomatic. 
And last, but certainly not least, check out the Case in Point podcast hosted by Mr. Justin Case, and that's available on Audioboom. So, uh, thank you again, everybody. I uh, might try to get a Halloween-themed episode in before the uh, Halloween holiday, and uh, we might try to do some other stuff coming up here. Let's not forget, uh, around Christmas, uh, me and my buddy Bill Signs are going to be doing uh, Christmas caroling with Krampus. If you want to join us, go Christmas caroling and have Bill Signs dressed up as Krampus, scare us off people's yards. Uh, you know, get in touch with me through the Facebook page, or you can email me at uh, EOS. Uh, no, that's not the email. Email me at element.2017 at yahoo.com and, uh, you know, set that up. I'd love for you guys to be join us and be a part of it because otherwise it's just going to be me by myself singing on people's front yards and, uh, you know, getting scared off by Billy Signs dressed as Krampus, which also equally entertaining to me. I'll still do that, but, um, you know, the more the merrier, as they say. So, you know, don't forget about that coming up. And, uh, Okay, until next time, everybody, let's cue the fucking bear music. <laughs>